Hello, everybody. I'm both honored and humbled to be here before you today this morning. I'm so glad you could join us. There's some things I want to go over today. First of all, I want to thank you for our interviewee last night, J.D. Kinderfeller, J.T. Kinderfelter, Kinderfella. There's a, a guy named Dalton Codfelter, and it's swirling around in my mind between these two individuals. I want to thank him very much. He's very informative. Um, and I know you guys liked it. We're going to have him come back. He has a lot more to tell us about life in the joint. Uh, stories are going to believe your, blow your mind. They've blown mine. And one of the reasons for that is because he has stories that I've never heard or considered before. And I can't even classify these stories. He's going to be on here at another time. We'll tell you when that's scheduled. Today we're going to go over some of the strange weirdness in the history of the things that have gone on in the Moscow, the city of Moscow, Idaho. Some of the things you've sent me. Um, even recent events that have happened. We're going to go over that. The person who had their audio stolen from Morris, we got a clip of her response about that. We also have the news stories of the day, which are also grotesque and morbid. I am Jerry Adams, and you are watching and listening to Midnight Radio. I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again. It's good to be here in the morning with my friends, I want to tell you. If you guys want to call in, I'm going to open up that phone line early so you guys can join in whenever you want. I have some voicemails that are I'm going to play here in a little bit. Phone number is 325-261-0892. I'm going to shout out to all the those listening in the live stream and a shout out to those in the podcast and uh i'm gonna have a poll i meant to start it early but i didn't and there's reasons for that i'll start the poll right now And the poll is about memberships, if you guys are interested in memberships. And I'm going to ask that right now. That's in the community, the, the community chat room right here. If you guys are interested in that, take the poll. Uh, based on what you guys say, depends on whether we'll have one or not. Maybe we'll wait till later. I do have a lot of extra things I want to give to you guys there if you guys do want to. If you guys do want a uh, membership, for example, there's a lot of extra material I have um, that I'm going to give directly to you guys, of course. That's basically what that'll be. It might entail some other things. You let me know on that. Okay, we're about to get into some heavy material like we always do. I want to thank you guys for joining us. That's important to me. That's why I say it so much. If you guys want to send me some things you want to talk about, some articles, this is your show. Okay? 
the email is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. We'll go ahead and start here. And this is a follow-up to a story we already had before. And the story was with the, this specific man. Matter of fact, let me bring up the story. Yeah, let me bring up our original story on this man. Okay, this man is the one, he worked for a construction company. He gets home, drinks a half a bottle of gin, beats his wife, or actually, I'm sorry, his girlfriend, beats his girlfriend, beats his stepdaughter, smacks them both around the place, cuts himself. This guy was really running for boyfriend of year, the year, like you guys said. Then he said he cut his hand on a gas can. This man has a history of violence, and I've got... I've got a little bit on what that history was, and it's it's really chilling. And these are the things that are going on in Moscow, Idaho. Not only that, but we have uh, more stories than that that we're going to go over today. But this was the most current one for sure. So I'm going to show you his original article that we showed you the other day. All right. So his name, he's 39 years old. His name is James Curtis Leonard, and he was charged with domestic battery and traumatic injury. I'm not going to go over this whole report, but he, he got charged with aggravated assault, attempted strangulation, and felony injury to child following the incident that happened on the 600 blocks of Palouse River Drive. Now, he had a criminal history, which includes second-degree uh, M-U-R-D-E-R for the June 2007 shooting death of Tyler Pace Lee near Janice. He was 24 years old at the time. I have more in additional information about this unlifing I'm going to talk about today. I have a message from the victim's sister. From the victim's sister of uh, the M-U-R-D-E-R, the unlifing this man committed. So... He committed this crime. He went to prison. He was paroled and let out. He committed it when he was 25 and his victim was 24. And I have the story behind that. He got out after this. And he has a history of alcoholism and violence. And he's going back. And this time, he's not going to come out more than likely. So this is what he did. And let me read you the information i have about this before i do that i'm gonna head a head in the chat room real quick say hello to everybody i'm only seeing one person so let me reset the chat room one person in the chat room but there has to be more well that's all right that's all right makes me wonder how this is getting out so let me go ahead I have 15 viewers, but nobody in the chat room. That's okay. If you guys could hit that thumbs up, I'd appreciate it. Please subscribe. Hit the bell if you want to get notifications when we go out. Then you'll make sure you can join in the conversation and not miss something. So a viewer sent me this, and I'm reading this from the email right now. This is from, allegedly, allegedly this is from the murderer's 
victim's sister. I'm Tyler's sister, Jamie, and the man James Leonard killed, the man he killed was my brother. Yes, they had both been using masculine, which is a form of LSD, I believe, mind-altering. Yes, James confessed to him and confessed, and the next night, Tyler went to Amanda's, where he found Amanda and James having sex in the rented trailer. He, Tyler, had just rented for her and his nearly three-year-old daughter to live in. Their daughter was running around the house, not quite dressed, crying because she was hungry. While, her man, while Amanda, her mother, Tyler's girlfriend, was engaging in sexual activities with his best friend, James Leonard, in the bathroom. He, Tyler, opened the door and beat on him, James. When Amanda interfered, Tyler and her went at it. While Tyler was trying to keep Amanda out of his way, I believe most people would respond as such in anger and emotional pain. James fled the trailer. James called him on the phone and he told James he was coming to Jenny's to tell his wife Kelly that the entire time he, Tyler, was in Europe over a full year, James and Amanda had been having an affair just as they had believed. When he got to the farm in Janice from Moscow, Idaho, according to Amanda, since James called and confessed the rest to her, and she confessed the entire thing to me, James lay in wait, shot Tyler in cold blood, then tried to get other residents to hide the body. They all fell their polygraphs. Sad those are not admissible in court. Coroner's report, which... Sadly, I do own a copy. Says way more than what is posted here. James knows Tyler never attacked him at the farmhouse in Janese, Idaho. He was the only one doing the attacking. He first claimed Tyler had his pocket knife out. Funny it was found in his pocket during the search. of his body and clothes during autopsy. It was a small fishing knife. There were no weapons on him or around him. Prosecutors and town's councils are highly interconnected with his mother. If I recall her name correctly, Mrs. B. Leonard or Mother Mary Peggy Lee Pace, as well as Tyler, took James to chemotherapy to kill leukemia. If I recall correctly or a lymphoma in Washington State when he was 15, but his own family could not. James would have most likely died had his mother and brother not cared for him and his well-being. This is how he repays his best friend. He has sexual relations with his best friend's girlfriend, Amanda, which is Tyler's only child's mother, in a bathroom while the child runs around crying, not being fed partially clothed because he was high. No cause. He's no good to begin with. He cut a neighbor's Rottweiler's head off for barking once, as in James Leonard. My brother's dead because one man, one man's fear over losing his wife to the truth. James Leonard also pursued me without my choosing. The same narrative as Amanda. I chose the, the word no. I was married. 
I was committed to being married. I am not a cheater as he is along with being a murderer. All this pursuing of me, he did while I. Was married while he was 17 or 18 years old, visiting my husband and myself in Utah on and off while visiting relative. He's a liar and a menace to the world. He has spent little, if any, time in prison for this crime. The Idaho, the Idaho justice system is a farce, ridiculous at best. I used to pray he died. Now I'm happy he lives. Too bad without the constant ridicule of humanity for being a dirtbag, lowlife betrayer of his best friend, murderous individual, cheating, rotten, lying husband, allowed to walk free and clear for killing another. May God forgive him. I don't. He and his actions destroyed my life for the past six years. That it has taken me to live and breathe normal again. I had PTSD prior to this event and it set it out of control. Thank you, James, for the nightmares I lived through hearing my brother's haunting guitar play throughout my home and him calling me by name. I pray to all there is in life. I never see you, for I may commit a crime myself that wouldn't bring me back the beautiful soul that was my brother, R.I.P. Tyler. So this was the sister of the man that was murdered by this guy who's now in jail. So this tells us a little bit of history, of things going on in Moscow, Idaho, the way the police respond, I think, the way the justice system works. Maybe just that he murdered somebody the way he did, and perhaps they didn't have enough evidence. Uh, it sounds to me like they didn't have a lot of evidence. He took a plea deal. That's exactly what it sounds like. These are the ways. Uh, these are the ways the justice system really works. I think it's very sad. All right, moving on to the next story. This is something from 2000, well, I got it from 2019 here. Former Hillcrest teacher Brian Johnston sentenced to Ryder for stalking. And the things he did were crazy. sure you guys can see all this a former hillcrest high school teacher and coach was sentenced to a writer program monday for stalking a former student brian lee johnson 50 was arrested in september following an investigation of the stalking the idaho falls police department discovered johnston had enlisted current and former students in his attempt to stalk the victim and that he engaged in bizarre Bizarre behavior such as putting a recorder in the victim's bedroom and urinating on her bed. I guess that's called a half amber. He didn't go the full way. Horrifying. Johnston resigned from his teaching position in August. According to court records, the victim requested civil protection order after the two ended a relationship. She reported alarming behavior, including attempting to enter her home in the nighttime hours when she wasn't home. 
text messages and calls from computer-generated phone numbers she suspected to be him. Threats to harm himself because she was calling off the relationship. Items missing from her home and punctured tires on her vehicle. The report stated the victim called police at least eight times between May 29th and June 14th to report Johnson was following her around, primarily at a coffee shop she would visit before work. The victim gave an impact statement saying she had become afraid every time she saw someone who looked like Johnston or a similar car. The victim said she could not trust others because Johnston had enlisted her friends as strangers to help him stalk her. Wow. This day has been a long time coming, and I can't wait for it to be over, she said. The things that are going on in this town or have gone on, but I don't think they're different than things that are going on in the rest of the United States. What I think is, according to the reports, this town has 25,000 people in it. And uh, it's also... Things are accelerating, I feel, because 25,000, you have 11,000 people that go to the college. This this is a community that has a lot going on. And like a caller said, it does seem like it's operating like 20 years in the past. So I think with the numbers it has and the people it cycles through every year, it causes a lot of weird things to happen. This is a wild-ass theory, I know, but just a theory. That's not the only time a professor has lost his crap and uh, went after one of his students. Here's another example. One of the city's last murders, they said it was seven years ago, but happened 2015 in August. In 2011, a university professor turned a gun on a graduate student with whom he'd been romantically involved then killed himself in a murder-suicide. Her name was Kathy Benoit Bennett, a 22-year-old musician and psychology student from Boise. She was gunned down in her off-campus apartment months after her relationship ended with the professor, Ernesto Bustamante. There's a picture. What do you guys think about this? And, of course, we have the body that was found... 19 of the 19 year old in the creek they said that was natural causes a lot of stuff going on here there might this murder might have been a few years ago but man there is a lot of weird things going on the associated press in 2011 showed the police affidavit contained a statement from bustamante's friend Roddy Hope, who alleged that Bustamante had multiple handguns and multiple personality disorders. One, including one, Bustamante calls a psychopathic killer. And another, Bustamante calls the Beast. Police reportedly found Bustamante in a hotel room the day after Benoit slaying, dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. There's 
Here's his picture. Of course, the university said they were shocked and saddened by the death. And they can't express how devastating the loss of any life is. Of course, they related it to the current thing. So, hello, there's two professors. If we're looking at statistically speaking, you're statistically speaking more likely to be killed from a professor. You think one of the girls perhaps, wild ass theory, alert. Perhaps it was a professor that did something like this. Is this why it would get get covered up? Is that possible that it was a professor? This is something I haven't heard anybody say before. A professor that one of the girls was having a relationship with? Maybe, I don't know. This seems horrible. It's just a wild speculation. It's not that I even think it's true. But everything's open to possibilities, right? Maybe Kylie was having a, a romantic something going on with a professor. And he was upset that she was leaving. Is this possible? What do you guys think? Let me know. All right, I'm going to go ahead and open up the voicemail line for you guys. If you guys want to call in, whoever's, whoever is listening and watching in the background. Because, again, that was a wild-ass theory. and I need to hear what you guys say about it. I'm going to go to the voicemail message line. Then I got two two news stories that are, aren't Idaho related at all, not what whatsoever. But before I open up, well, no, the voice lines are already open, but before um, I do that, I want to play you this clip of a woman, the woman who had her audio stolen, Rancid, what's her name? Rancid, uh, bum, bum, bum. Her name is Rancid something. So this is sped up two times. Sorry, but got to. I have to do it. So I got some cute new shorts. I'm going to put them on. Um, I don't know if you guys remember a little something like this. I possibly was wearing those in the video, but I also got a package, right? So I'm going to open up this package, stream. You know, I probably wasn't going to stream anyways. Anyways, so here I am. Oh, it's a great day to be wearing new clothes. Oh, my God. I like these ones. I don't like cotton pants. Who the fuck wears cotton pants? Especially when they're trained with Nike. Okay, they're not bad. They're not bad. They're not bad at all. I need to get some new workout gear. Okay, chat, chat. <laughs> I know. I'm... Oh! These ones won't make it past my thighs. What the fuck type of medium is this? In children's? Oh my gosh, let me rewind this. Did I miss it? Police investigation. Um... Mel exposed Joseph Morris. So I got some cute new shorts. I'm going to put them on. Oh, no, I can't watch this anymore. I can't. I cannot. Her name is Rancid Joel. I can't do it. I'll put a link in the show notes if you guys want to watch it. I can't. I can't. So apparently her and her boyfriend have some kind of YouTube. And they're on some other kind of site. And the name of it is AWP or something, and I'm not sure what that stands for. 
but they have these videos where they fight on purpose. They're doing this on purpose. It's staged. And one of the videos that had her screaming in it, I'm not going to play it. So that one was fake. You know, she hit him off camera. Did, did, you know, didn't look real. He hit her off camera. Didn't look real. Uh, looked like she put some fake blood on her face. And then this is, I don't know, some kind of kink that people are into watching these kind of videos. So th- this YouTube channel that she has here, it is where she goes live, but they don't do those kind of videos because obviously nothing like that is allowed. They have something they call AWP. So I'm not sure exactly what all is involved with that. But, yeah, there it is. Hey, um, so I can get in touch with Joe Vidot um, live, my friend was telling me, uh, to ask him questions about what the girls were saying that night, because I started uh, hammering down on my friend, who said that he's friends with one of the food truck people, and so I started asking him, and, I, and he said it was Joe, and so I started hammering him with questions, and he said, I don't know, he's like, you can, he said he goes live every now and then on TikTok, if you have a TikTok account, and of course I don't, so... Um, he said, well, you have to have a thousand followers to go live with him, but he said he can get me in there to do a live with Joe to ask him these questions on the spot. So I don't know. Um, anyways, I just wanted to put that out there and let you know that that's an option so we can ask Joe. (laughs) Anyway, this is Mindy. So, um, and I don't want to leave my number if you're going to put me on the air, but, um, It's Mindy Stoda, so you can just you can just um, comment back or something. I don't know how to do that, but anyway, I thank you for your show. It's it's awesome. Thank you. When you guys call, you never need to leave me your phone number, and I can also text you back. Um, so, would you guys be interested in asking questions to Joe Vido? I let me know if you're interested in that in the comments below. Now, for those of you that don't know, Joe Vidot is the large man with the beard from the food truck. He's the one that Maddie Mogan actually said, F you, mister, too. He's that man. So we could ask him questions if you'd be interested in that. I'm, a question I would have, for example, would be, what did he say that made her say F you? And I would verify, did she say F you to you? He would know if he, if he admitted it. I mean, we think we know. Those are the kind of things I would ask. Um, let me know what you think in the about that in the comments below. I will say this. At the beginning of the show, in the chat room, I asked if you guys would be interested in a membership. Uh, about eight people voted. I stopped. It was 60-something percent no. Um, I'm going to go off of that for now. If you guys don't want a membership, that's not a problem with me. But I am going to give a membership to those that listen to the podcast on Anchor. So you guys are going to have a membership with special features just for the podcast listeners. I'm going to put that poll again uh, for you guys at YouTube. I'm going to put it in. I'll put that in the the community post to see if you guys are interested in that. I'll let you guys re-vote. So I'll do it that way. I, I think we got a lot of votes for people who weren't even in the chat room. So I will put that re out out there again. 
and give you guys another chance to see if you guys actually want a membership or not. Hi, I was wondering, um, Kaylee's dad, I think his name is Steven, is supposedly hiring a private detective and a lawyer. I was wondering if you knew anything about the private detective and what his credentials are and if he's ex law enforcement. And I was also wondering, um, I have, this is the first time I've ever watched your show, and I was wondering if you have any law enforcement background or any kind of investigative background because I find you very um, intelligent and very knowledgeable, and I thought perhaps you did have that kind of background. Thank you. Okay, I'll answer that. So let me rewind my mind. So my, my experiences in this, I, um, I was in the military, in the Navy. I joined the Navy. I became a hospital corpsman, and then I was my trained specialty in the hospital corps. And, and for those of you that don't know, the hospital corps in the Navy is a highly trained group of individuals that takes care of the medical needs of both the Navy and the Army. My specialty was combat being a combat field paramedic. It was called 8404 Corpsman. That's what I did. Those are the guys you saw with the Marines in the Vietnam and stuff like that. Now, they have a history of calling those guys Doc. And the reason why they did that is because during wartime, they would go through so many corpsmen, they wouldn't even want to know their names. They just named them Doc. So that's what the Marines still do. They call their corpsman Doc. So that's what I did. I joined the Navy. I spent time in Florida when I first joined. My first duty station was in Florida at a branch medical clinic off of Pensacola. And when I was there, I remember it was lunchtime, and I had duty, which means I was working at the, the medical records office. People could come in there in their lunch, get a medical record if they were uh, needed it to, for an appointment. So I was there manning the desk, and right across from me was uh, the two, the two, we had a TV, and two TVs, and it was playing CNN, and one was playing another news channel. And on those channels, I saw the planes hit the towers. And then my life changed. I was negotiating for orders at the time. I was trying to get sent on a ship so I could continue my Navy career on the Navy side. I wanted to be an independent duty corpsman on a ship, which, which is the equivalent of being a uh, physician's assistant. Uh, I got turned down because they said, you're trained to be a field medic. You're going to the front lines, boy. I'm like, okay. That's when I got sh shipped out to California to go in, um, to go with the Marines. So I was with the 1st Battalion, 11th Marines. It was an artillery battalion. And I went to Iraq. So these are some of my experiences. During my first duty station, I started college while I was in the military. I was, tr I was trained to be a hospital administrator. Um, after I got out of the military, after the war, and they were trying to send me back to Afghanistan, I decided to get out. And uh, sometime after that, I went back to college. I got a degree in uh, business management, and that's when I became, I started writing. I'm a current currently a writer among other things uh the kind of writer i am 
You can see examples of it. So I do investigative journalism. I also produce documentaries. There's three documentaries right now on our YouTube page. You guys can check that out. One about the Amityville horror, what really, really happened, and it explains all of it. And it kind of eases that cramp that's been in your mind all these years about the Amityville horror. The, the first one I produced, though, and you guys should check this out because if you've heard about the Taylor Shabusiness case and what she did, I have information in that documentary that nobody else has because I got exclusive interviews with her best friends. So I know her whole history. I also uncover what her father did to her. That's on that documentary, the Taylor Shabizis documentary. It's the first documentary I produced. And I got into producing documentaries after my father was murdered. And he died. And I needed something because my mind was spinning out of control. So doing documentaries is an extreme focus of your mind. And as soon as I started doing that, I was okay. And it's not like I found purpose. That's not what I'm talking about. But because of all the focus it took me to do it, the intensity of it, it made me feel a whole lot better. I lost my distribution deal for the documentary. So I decided, well, I need to send this for people to see somewhere. So I put it on YouTube, and that's why I'm here. And that's cutting a lot out. But um, so a part of my writing process is going through all these stories in the news and seeing which one grabs me. So I do that every day. I decided, you know what, let me share this with everybody here. Let me share this on YouTube because I have a history of broadcasting too. Well, let me do that. And uh, let me do that every day until I find one that's interesting. That's what led me to the Moscow murders, and that's what led you to me. Uh, And I cover other stories, too, not just Moscow murders. So that is where we're at today. It pretty much links it forward. And uh, the way my mind thinks when I'm writing is I have to know everything. I have to know why the murderer did it, how, how they did it, what kind of childhood they have what the setting of the town is, what are the politics in the town, what what season did things happen in, what are things that the local people's people like to do, are there different ways local people like to think. I have to know everything surrounding it. And that helps me write. So because when I finally get it, when I finally understand, I I can empathize better and And once I empathize, I can start feeling the emotions of the victims and what the emotions are of the perpetrators. And it helps me tell the, convey the story is what what I'm trying to say. So that is the background that I have for you right here. Let me continue to our other stories here. You guys are free to call in if you have something to say. If not, that's fine. We'll just go over these two stories and call it a day. Now this, this one also goes to the weirdness that's happening but not in Moscow, around the world. I'll play this video for you here. A horrible story, really. At uh, 3.03 p.m., the Montgomery County Police Emergency Communications Center received a call for a shooting that had just occurred at the Shell gas station also the, known as the Dash-In Convenience Store, located at 11150 
New Hampshire Avenue in Silver Spring, Maryland. Upon arrival, officers located Ayulu Wandamu, an employee behind the cash register counter suffering from multiple gunshot wounds to the chest. Wandamu was pronounced deceased on scene by Montgomery County Fire Rescue personnel. The investigation determined that Wandamu, our victim, 61 years of age, was working behind the cash register counter when the suspect, later identified as Tory Damian Moore, entered the Dash Inn convenience store at 2.58 p.m. We then observed Moore pick up items from in front of the counter and began throwing them at the clerk. At this time, Wandamu picked up a metal pole, which was behind the counter, and attempted to strike Moore, who was on the other side of the counter. Moore stepped back, and for reasons unknown, he retrieved a silver handgun from his vest pocket, and he shot Wanda Moon at a point-blank range. Early this morning, members of the Montgomery County Police SWAT team executed a search warrant at Moore's residence in the Enclave Apartments, which is located in the 11200 block of New Hampshire Avenue. Moore was taken into custody without incident. Items of evidence to include a 9mm handgun were located and seized by detectives. When SWAT made entry, and after arresting Moore, they discovered a deceased female, believed to be an adult, on the floor in the apartment in an advanced stage of decomposition. The body of this female is being tra has been transported to the medical, examiner, uh, medical examiner's office for autopsy and for positive identification. Moore was transported to police headquarters where he was advised of his rights by detectives and he waives his rights. Mm -hmm. He made statements implicating himself in the murder of Wanda Moon, the convenience store employee, he also told detectives that he was in a relationship with a female who was pregnant. The female who was found inside of the apartment and that there had been some type of fight between the two about one month prior to that led to the victim becoming deceased prior to uh, today. Detectives are now waiting for the medical examiner to make a determination of the cause and manner of death for this female to see if in fact to confirm if the female was in fact pregnant how long has she been pregnant along with the positive identification of her so that they can determine what additional criminal charges may or may not be appropriate horrible absolutely horrible his name is Tory Moore, 31, of Silver Springs. He was arrested and charged with first-degree murder on Friday for allegedly killing an employee at a convenience store during an altercation the previous day. 
The police went to his house and they found a dead woman there who appeared to be pregnant. Devastating. Now, he told the police that he was in a relationship with a woman and that she was eight months pregnant at the time of her death. He also allegedly said that there had been some type of fight between the two about one month prior that led to the victims becoming deceased prior to today. And again, they're waiting for the medical examiner's results to find out what charges they're going to slap on him. This is another story that uh, we've covered a few weeks back, maybe. And uh, we talked to J.T. Kinderfeld, Kinderfeller. I always want to call him Kinderfelter. But before we started, him and I had a conversation about evil people about bad guys and how bad guy uh, a bad guy is not a criminal is not necessarily a bad guy and sometimes even FBI agent FBI agents are bad guys and um, we didn't get into that but he didn't go over the criminal history of one of the judges he didn't go over the criminal history of um, one of the FBI agents that got caught in his specific case. The one that took him down also got charged with racketeering but had a much lighter sentence. He was putting pressure on one of the distributors and getting payments from drug dealers and got caught for it. He got two years. Um, what you guys do are important. The media might want to dissuade you. The police department wants to dissuade you. And they both have reasons for doing that, and they're not necessarily upright. How many times have citizen sleuths, people that aren't afraid to take a second look, people that aren't afraid to talk about it, have caught the police in corruption? They don't want you to do that. And what about the news media? Oh, it's okay for them to do it. Because they're professionals, right? They get paid, right? Is that what a professional is? I thought so. Uh, oh, they, oh, they went to college. Uh, hello, we've went, we've gone to college too. We've been there, played that. The point is, in this next story, it's the story of a cop gone bad, gone terribly, terribly bad. The catfishing cop, Austin Lee Edwards. Used a gun to kill himself. He was portraying to be someone younger and probably someone different uh, and developed a, uh, an online relationship with her. Uh, he ended up obtaining some personal information, her home address. What he did is he catfished her, 17 years old is how old he said he was she was 15 years old and then he killed three members of her family and fatally shot himself using his own service weapon following a law enforcement chase he solicited nude photographs of the teen and he killed himself during a shootout with the san bernardino sheriff's deputies in late november detectives detectives Determined the gun was used 
by Edwards was his department-issued semi-automatic service pistol. This is a picture of the low-life drop-shipping jacker-smacker right here. Sicko. These are the grandparents of the girl that he killed. He traveled across the country from Virginia to the Riverside home of the teen after shooting the girl's mom and grandparents dead. Authorities said he set fire to her home and drove off with the girl, eventually killing himself. Virginia State Police said this week that Edwards' hiring was the result of human error after it was revealed that he had been detained in 2016 for a psychiatric evaluation over threats to kill his father and himself. But that was just an administrative error on their part. Okay? That's what they say. Phone line is open 325-261-0892. If you have anything to say about this article or any more that we've gone over this week, I'd like to thank you all for joining me today. Let me go over. I've got some interviews coming up that you guys might be interested in for sure. I'm not going to reveal what they are right now because I need to nail down the dates first. I at least want to do that. Let's see if I've missed anything. All right, I'm going to go to the chat room and see if there's anything you guys want to talk about. I really want to play that EVP for you that we cleared up that you can hear. But I asked for permission to play it, and I haven't gotten it yet. So, And I, I believe this person wouldn't mind, but I want to. I don't want to be rude, you know. All right, that does it for us today. I'd like to thank you for joining us so much. Please subscribe and hit that bell so you get all notifications. The goal is to start up at 5. Sometimes we start up a little bit later, but we usually always start up by 5.20. Thank you very much. There'll be no confusion. You can join the conversation if you subscribe and hit that all notifications bell. We'll be back tomorrow at 5 a.m. Central Standard Time, uh, at least by 5.20. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us on the live stream. You can hit the live stream up at midnightrad.io. I'd like to thank everybody listening to the podcast. Uh, Podcast guys, you're about to get your membership soon. And also, if you have a story that you want to share with us, this this show is a conversation with you. If you'd like to send me a story, it's midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. This is your show. What you want to go over, we're going to go over. Thank you guys again until next time. All my best.